Hey friends, welcome to Living in His Purpose podcast, where we recognize that in God's purpose, He has the perfect spot for you. If you're a Christian woman and you're feeling overwhelmed and anxious by this rat race way of life and you're ready to find simplicity God's way, you're in the right spot. By replacing negative mindsets and habits with God's word, we're going to give Holy Spirit permission to come in and help us walk bravely in this upside down world. These are not easy things to face, sweet friend. You're going to have to put on your big girl pants. So pull them up, grab a drink, and let's get going. So let's talk about bravery today. Why do I want to talk about bravery? Well, it's in my podcast intro to help women be more brave in this upside down world. So we should probably look at what does that mean? What do I mean by being brave? As a life coach, what I do is I help women identify areas of their life that they want to improve on, things they want to change, that they're not getting full satisfaction in, they're not reaching the goals that they've set for themselves. And we look at not only what the goals are, but what the hindrances are. And what I see is a lot of women, including myself, who are just afraid to take that first step. We are afraid to be brave. So today, we're going to look at what it means to be brave. What is bravery? How does God expect us to be brave? And what does that look like in our life? All of us love stories. Well, at least I do. I love stories about brave people. When people are in terrible situations and they have to make a choice and they make a good choice, even though it's super hard and you know the ending isn't going to be what you want it to be, but they still stood up and they made the right choice. I love those stories. I love them because it resonates with me. It gives me strength. I've had to do that. I've had to stand up and do things and make decisions that I didn't want to make. It was the right decision in putting my complete trust and faith that God was going to make it right in the end. So I'm going to talk to you a little bit today about my personal journey that I've been through with bravery. But let me just say there are many, many examples of women and men out there who have made really hard choices like Corey Tenbaum, who decided it was worth the risk of her life to save Jewish people during the Holocaust. Her whole family took this risk. Her father died while they were rescuing Jewish people. They were moving them out through their country during World War II. Her and her sister were taken to a concentration camp where her sister died. Corey suffered horrible things, but she made the right choice. She remained brave even in the face of fear and death. Or how about Harriet Tubman, who escaped slavery, made like 13 missions to rescue like 70 enslaved people, including family and friends. Or even the unnamed women and men who are currently in terrible conditions of war and famine, who are doing the right thing, even though it's costing them everything. And it always comes to my mind, how can you be so brave? How can you know what's coming and do the right thing anyway? So I'm going to get kind of personal here. I'm going to show you how this looked in my life. And there have been many instances in my life where I've had to make a decision that was really hard. And I'm going to be honest. The first half of my life, if not more, I didn't make good decisions because I was afraid. I was not brave. I didn't trust that God was with me. I trusted in my own ability to take care of and to do what it was I needed to do, which really I had no ability at all. If you've listened to me from the beginning, all 12 episodes, (laughs) you might remember me talking about losing custody of my daughter when she was 10. So I'm going to get a little personal here. 
and without trying to upset any apple carts, I'm going to talk about individuals who are still alive, but I highly doubt they're listening to this podcast, so it probably doesn't matter. After a year of keeping my daughter safe because of allegations that were made, we went to court and had a custody battle. It was in a small town, and I did not live in that town. And if you don't think that small town politics work against outsiders even this day and age, I'm here to tell you, it happens. So during this custody battle, I had one of the attorneys tell me that if I just let her go back to live with her father, I would probably keep custody. And if I didn't, I would probably lose custody because I would be seen as unwilling to work with him. And he assured me nothing would happen to her. It would be, quote unquote, like Disneyland for her. And even as I tell this story, I can feel that pain. I remember the moment that I had to decide if I was going to go with the world, even though I knew what was true, even though I knew what had happened, had really happened, was I going to go with the world and say, sure, I'll back down. I'll let you get away with what you did. I'll not stand strong. I'll not say another peep. I will remain the victim. Or am I going to trust God? Am I going to see this for what it really is, which was a fight between evil and good? And it was a choice I was going to have to make. Was I going to stay on the side of evil to get what I really wanted? Or was I going to trust God and remain on his side? I remember it was at a Hardee's of all places where I stood there and it dawned on me the gravity of the decision I was about to make. And I knew that more than likely I would lose custody because I was going to stand up for what was right. This is a really difficult topic to talk about because I do fear what other people will think. Will they judge me? Will they not understand the full gravity of what I went through? But maybe this will give courage to someone who is in a really bad spot right now. But what I was looking at at that moment was not just then. It was the future. And here I sit in the future. I'm now 51 years old and I look back at that and I don't regret my decision. Do I regret the outcome? Well, it wasn't in my control. I can't regret something that wasn't in my control. But what was in my control was my decision. Was I going to stand firm on the rock of truth or was I going to cave because of the threats of the evil one? So I stood on the rock of truth. I was not going to give in. I was not going to say it was okay, that all that happened was okay, and no one else was saying the truth. So I said, no, I stand on the fact that what was said happened and I was not willingly going to hand over my daughter to her abuser, not willingly. And because of that decision, I lost custody of my daughter. Really, really hard. But now that I'm older, what would I have had to hold on to if I didn't stand on that right decision? I would have nothing. My daughter was wanting to go live there. She was wanting to be part of that lifestyle. And really hard things happened because of that. But I would not have my integrity right now. I would not have that assurance that I made the right decision, that I stood in complete trust of God in this plan. So that's my personal experience with bravery. And it sucked. <laughs> I don't ever want to make any kind of decision like that again. And I pray that no one who hears my voice has to make that kind of decision. But as I look around the world, I see that so much is happening. And we as Christians are being pushed into making decisions that we can justify. We can reword things and we can rephrase them so that we do not see the truth of what's really happening. We are in a war between good and evil. The devil knows his time is short. He has come down to this earth in these last days with a fervor against Christians and breaking us down. The only hope we have is the greatest hope, which is God. 
who wins in the end. So when I talk about being brave, I'm talking about all aspects of it. I believe that God gives us little things to practice on, no matter what virtue we're wanting to grow or maybe not wanting to grow, but needing to expand on like bravery. He's going to give us situations where we can be brave in the decisions that we're making. It could be in a job that you're looking for. It could be going back to school. It could be marrying that person. It could be becoming a missionary. It could be anything on the spectrum. I'm not just talking about big, big life things. I'm talking about everything, every situation where we need to be brave. One reason why it's hard to be brave, I think, is because we're trusting our own strength, not God's. So let's look at what stops us from being brave, i.e. fear. And I know that just sounds like common sense, but what do we do with fear? How do we manage fear? Well, let me let you in on a little secret. Fear is in our soul, not our spirit. So the secret is we can manage our souls. How we manage the fear is we allow our spirit to tell our soul the truths of God that are being told us by the Holy Spirit. Once again, I'm going to tell you all the answers are in the word of God. Only you can manage your soul. And remember, your soul is your thought life. It's your will. It's your imagination. This is the control that you have is what's in your soul. But what helps us control our soul? You have to change your mindset. You have to identify what you're thinking or feeling. You have to replace it with the truth. And we get the truth, of course, from God's word. God knows we have fear. He tells us in many different places in his word, do not fear. But not because we're not supposed to fear, but because he knows we're going to fear. And he's lovingly reminding us that he's there. And if he is for us, who can be against us? Let me just share a few verses honestly. I could go on and on, but here are a few, just a few. Lamentations 357. Yes, you came when I called and told me not to fear. Isaiah 43 1. But now, O Jacob, listen to the Lord who created you, O Israel, the one who formed you, says, Do not be afraid, for I have ransomed you, I have called you by name. Psalm 56, 3 and 4. But when I am afraid, I will put my trust in you. I praise God for what he has promised. I trust in God. So why should I be afraid? What can mere mortals do to me? Psalm 34, verse 4 and 5. I prayed to the Lord and he answered me. He freed me from all my fears. Those who look to him for help will be radiant with joy. No shadow of shame will darken their faces. And here's my favorite of them all. When we look at the book of Joshua, in the first chapter, God is telling Joshua, Moses is dead, now you're the leader. And he says to Joshua several times, be strong and courageous, be brave. By the last chapter of the book, Joshua is looking at all the people and he's reminding them of all the things that God has done for his people. And he says to them, as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. What a come around. I do believe Joshua became strong and courageous. These, my friends, are truths. They're invitations and encouragements. We are not shamed or condemned by God. Remember, we are his children. He is love. And in love, there is no fear. Way back in the day when I was first a Christian, probably the first 20 years of being a Christian, I always felt that when I was reading the word, that he was pointing out all my faults to make me feel bad. But I've learned as I've grown older, and I've learned this by asking him to show me this wisdom, I've learned his word is there to heal me. It's to grow me. It's to make me more like him. And once I realized that, I realized the amount of love that God has for me. 
I quit reading the Bible with guilt and shame. And now I see it as this tremendous, peaceful place that I can go to learn how much God loves me. No matter what I'm going through, no matter what stupid decisions I've made, he still loves me. So that is to remind you, just because I made really hard choice one time, that doesn't mean that I've made well choices all the time because I have not. I have made many, many times the wrong choice. But I know that my precious Jesus died for those mistakes and that he will make whatever happens turn to good because he loves me. As I was studying for this podcast, I came across a couple of things that I found to be really fascinating I want to share with you. I believe that the word of God has everything we need for life. I believe it tells us that and I believe if you seek it out, it's the truth. There are a couple places in the Bible that talk about women. And I know that women in the church have a lot of issues, and I'm not going to go into those issues right now. I know there's a lot of strife between our modern thoughts and verses like submission. I understand that. And that will be for a different podcast, maybe someday, if I'm brave enough <laughs> to venture there. But what I did learn is what God says in his word. And in Genesis 2, when God gave Eve to Adam, he used the word helper. It's the Hebrew word azer. And it's used 22 times in the Old Testament, twice in the creation story, and the rest of it is used in military settings with swords and shields and things like that. 14 times God himself is the Azer helping his people fight their enemies. Isn't that fascinating? We aren't just a silent helper. We're a fighting helper. And then again, we can see in Proverbs 31, you know, we all read this chapter and feel guilty because we don't do all of these things, which I don't think we're meant to do all of these things our whole lives, all the time, all at once. I think these are examples of different seasons of this woman's life and how we can excel in these different seasons and how we can live the godly life. But what I found interesting with what I was reading was the Hebrew word for woman is eskat. I don't know if I'm saying that right but that's what I'm going to call it. And it's a generic term for a woman. The interesting part is the next word, kayel. I don't know if I said that right either. And if I didn't pronounce it correctly, I'm very sorry. Translators have put this in the New Living Translation. They've called it the virtuous and capable. In the NIV, it's called noble character. In ESV, it's translated excellent. But the full definition includes an army or force to be reckoned with, having valor and mighty power and strength. Chayel shows up 242 times in the Old Testament, but it refers to women only in Proverbs 31 and Ruth, and in most of the cases is describing a soldier or war hero. One example was the angel of the Lord calls Gideon to defend Israel against Midianite oppression. And he says, Kael, hero, the Lord is with you, which in this translation, it was translated mighty. So what's my point here? My point is God is rooting for us. He gives us breadcrumbs throughout the whole Bible. He's made it clear. He recognizes our worth as people, as women. He's given us different arenas, different ways of approaching problems in this world. He's given us the desires of our heart. And he's given us words to encourage us to go forward as a warrior, as someone who's capable and excellent and mighty. Go forward and be brave. I don't know about you, but... When I read the definitions of those words that are used to describe women in the Old Testament, it kind of changed my view a little bit of what God has given us and how he has created us. I feel it's okay to say, be brave, be strong. We don't have to say, be mild, be quiet, 
He doesn't want us like that. Yes, we are to submit. We are to respect our husbands and people in places of authority. But we are a helper. We are a mighty helper to our husbands, to our families, to our friends, and to our society. And I'm going to leave you here with what you should remember when you're about to go out and be brave. Number one, make sure your endeavors are turning people's eyes to the Lord. The glory is not ours. It's his. And if you struggle with that, that's okay. Ask him to help you. Ask him to give you the heart of humility. Give you the heart of him being able to see people through his eyes. Number two, be sure that what you're saying is coming from the word of God. You know, in the book of Revelation, it talks about we will be judged if we add or take away from the words. So be careful. When we enter the world as teachers, you have to be even more careful about what you say. But that's okay. Just take it as a note, put it in your back pocket, and go forward and do brave things. Third, be prepared to obey whatever God has in store for you. After you've spent that time with God and you searched the desires of your heart and you held it up to the word, listen to what he has to say and be prepared to obey. It may not be exactly what you're imagining it to be. Fourth, remember the enemy uses fear as a weapon. Don't let it be effective for you. Whether it's fear that you'll fail or fear that others will disapprove or not understand, I encourage you, I beseech you to set your heart on what God has given you. And remember again, if God is with you, who can be against you? And lastly, let me encourage you just to start. Start with imperfect action. And this is huge. You have to listen to me here. No matter what it is that you want to be brave about, no matter what it is that you want to really set forth and get started, nothing will happen. You will not get clarity. You will not get conviction. You will not get anything until you step out in your first step. It will not be perfect. It can't be perfect. We are not perfect. Only Jesus is perfect. But step out in that imperfect action. And once you do, then you can evaluate it, what it is that you've just done, how you can change things, which way to go, and how to make it better. You know, every long journey starts with a first step. I'm calling you as a Christian woman. What has God set on your heart to do for him? What purpose in him does he have for you? Is it grand? Go for it. Is it small? Go for it, just as if it were grand. Let him take you where he wants you to go. Give up that control that we feel we need to have and let him take you. Marinate in his word. Learn his word. Learn his heart and let him take you to where he wants you to go. I hope this episode has been encouraging. I hope that you found something that you can resonate. I'm praying that God pricks your heart because as a woman, I know that all women have something inside them they really want to do. And I'm telling you, God wants you to really do it too. He's there for you. He's there for you to pick you up when it doesn't work right. Scrape off your knees and say, let's try it this way and try it another way and try it another way and keep going. He has great things for each one of us to pursue to increase his kingdom. Time is short. Jesus is coming soon and he will not be a lamb when he comes back. He will be the lion. He will be the one on the white horse with the sword. We need to be looking around at our society and seeing all of the areas that need to be impacted for Christ before it's too late. Rather than being judgmental or condemning, we need to have compassion on all of those around us. They need Jesus too. It's like we found this beautiful, beautiful treasure and we know what it is, what it took to get us to there. And we know that the rest of the world needs to know what Jesus did for them because he loves them too. 
He wants to utilize what it is you have inside of yourself to give to this world, to show him. I pray for you, friend. I pray that you think about this hard, that you think about what God wants you to do for him right now where you are. What are the desires in your heart he's giving you? Those desire, He's giving you those desires, and I pray you go for it. Nike has the best slogan ever, just do it. Whatever it is that you have in your heart, take it to God first in prayer. Search the scriptures. If it's aligned with the word, you have the desire to go, go do it. Phew. This was a lot. I now give you permission to take those big girl pants off, slip into your jammies, and get a cup of tea. I wanted to thank you all for your reviews. This means the world to me. I would appreciate it if you could take the time to leave me a review if you haven't already or share this with someone you love. Thanks, friends, and God bless. Well, that's it for today. Thank you so much for being here with me, and I'm hoping that you received a word. Let me close with a passage of scripture. Rejoice in your confident hope, be patient in trouble, and keep on praying. By doing this, sweet friend, you're going to find that you can take those thoughts captive and change that mindset and be anxious for nothing. Have a wonderful day, and I'll see you next time.